0: Well if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the word of god and turn with me to the book of first john the book of first john the book of first john is located towards the end of the bible so the book of revelation jude third john second john first john towards the very back first john chapter number 4 we're in a sunday school series under the furtherance of the gospel This phrase comes from the book of Philippians where the apostle Paul is sitting in jail and he is reporting back to the church of Philippi that saying that all of these things that have happened to me, I'm sitting in jail for the furtherance of the gospel. And we understand that as we've been tackling this Sunday School series that it's divided up into three parts. That if we're going to see the gospel spread into the furthest reaches, if we're going to see it extended out, there are going to be three ingredients that we're going to have to pay attention to. The first segment we're covering is truth. After that we're going to cover the segment of friendship. That if we're going to have people who want to hear our message. We have to have influence and we have to be able to reach out to them in friendship. And then we have world evangelism where we have to organize our efforts to accomplish the things that God has given us to do concerning the Great Commission. But as we have been spending the last two lessons talking about truth, we had started off with God, that God is truth. Last week, we brought up the, into our attention that thy word is truth. Now, as we come to the book of 1 John chapter number 4, we come to a very important message dealing with truth found in the book of 1 John chapter 4. The book of 1 John chapter 4, and notice with me starting at verse number 1. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit... But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God." Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find at the very end of the book of 1 John chapter number 4 and in verse number 6. At the very end of that verse, in number 6, notice the phrase, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There is a spiritual war that is raging between the spirit of error and God who is the spirit of truth. John starts off with a warning, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Do you realize that not everyone who claims to be speaking from God is speaking from God? Not everyone who claims that he is delivering the truth, who is telling you, thus saith the Lord. Not everyone who tells you that he's a Christian. Not everyone who's delivering a message is delivering the spirit of truth. There are many false prophets that have gone out to the world. The Bible says we're supposed to try the spirits. Put them on trial. Put them on the test. And that we have to be careful. Many people have been deluded by the false messages that have been delivered by people claiming to be of God. Claiming to be Christians. Claiming to be delivering the truth. So many people are deceived and The Bible even kind of gives them the idea that they're spokespeople for Satan. So much has been given in emphasis of warning against false prophets. If you examine the book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, the overall message that you see as Paul is telling to those preachers is to guard from false doctrine. Guard from false doctrine. As you go to 1 Peter and 2 Peter, you see such an emphasis of them warning about false doctrine you read through the book of Jude the the writer of the book of Jude puts pen to paper and he says I want to tell you about the common salvation but in order to tell you about this salvation that is available to everyone I also have to tell you that there are many people who are trying to deceive and lie against you and in order to deliver you this salvation I also have to tell you that not everyone's telling you the truth you go to the book of Galatians. the Paul's most um, passionate book. Oh foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you? And it goes on and talks to them. About that they were deceived by false doctrine. And by the way. If false doctrine was following behind the wake of the apostle Paul. How much more is false doctrine? In the spirit. In the world that we live in today. So the Bible orders us. It warns us, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. That we as discerning people are supposed to be watching out. To be guarding. To have enough discernment to see what is truth and to see what is error. Because so many people are deceived. Notice as it continues to go on in verse number 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit... Of Antichrist, whereof you have heard it should come, and even now already is it in this world. The word Antichrist, normally we apply it to a person when you hear the name Antichrist, but every time the Apostle John uses the word Antichrist, it is always referring not to a person but to a spirit. Some people mistakenly give the wrong definition for antichrist. They see that word anti and they carry the idea that it is rep- uh, it is against Christ. But the word anti carries with it the meaning of replacing Christ. So what's happening is that they're playing the old switcheroo. They're trying to sell you a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. They're trying to sell you that the Jesus of the Bible that there's you have different information that the Bible's thing is not true, let me tell you what Jesus is really like. This is the spirit of Antichrist that is in the world today. So with this, as we're giving the warning and giving the thing, let's examine a little bit further from the book of 1 John chapter number four, this idea of the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Notice, if you don't mind, as we look in the book of 1 John chapter number 4, the very first thing I want to bring to your attention is the invasion by the spirit of error. The invasion of the spirit of error. We have been invaded by Satan. Him and his forces seek control over the world And he has brought our world into the spirit of error. Remember what Jesus Christ said of Satan, that he was a liar and a liar from the beginning? He is a liar. Think about when Satan enters into the scene dealing with man. The very first thing he does is he deceives Eve. The very first thing he does is ask a question to get Eve to doubt the word of God. That doubt of the Word of God led her to deny the Word of God, and that denial led her to disobey the Word of God. Satan did it from the very beginning, and after all these thousands of years, do you not think that he is, hasn't mastered his craft? Absolutely. He knows how to deceive. Was Eve uh, an evil person? Was she someone looking for? No. She was innocent. She was naive. By the way, Satan loves to pray off the innocent and the naive. But here was someone who wanted to do what was right and got deceived along the way. She wasn't denying God. She wasn't denying who God was. But Satan came in and deceived even her. And he's been working ever since. Because Eve was deceived, Adam had a choice. Adam had a choice to stay with his wife who God had given him. By the way, they'd probably been living together in the Garden of Eden, married in innocence for about a hundred years. So it wasn't the idea that God gave Eve and the next day she messed up. It'd be easy to kind of say, no. But after you've lived with a person for a hundred years, you've kind of got a little bit of a bond going on. And so his choice was... To disobey God and be with his wife, who he's been with for so long, or distance himself from his wife and be with God. Imagine what a hard choice that is. Well unfortunately, he chose the wrong one. He disobeyed God to be with his wife. By the way, this is why God has always put the the blame upon the man and not the woman. The woman was deceived. Adam willingly and purposely made a decision. He knew the decision, he knew the choice, and he purposely chose. Because of that sin entered into the nature of man and now we ourselves have developed a sin nature. And this sin nature comes of God. You remember when Jesus Christ said that you are of your father the devil. Not everyone is God's children. When we are born, we are born with a sin nature. We're born of our father, the devil, who, by the way, Jesus said he is the father of lies. Well, if Satan is the father of lies, and we have now got a sin nature that comes from that, guess what our sin nature does? It lies. Did you know that your flesh can lie to you? Did you know that your emotions can lie to you? This is the struggle you have. And this is where a lot of people miss this idea of spiritual warfare. We're almost ready. All right, if Satan attacks me, if I see that pitchfork, I know to say no. Well, to be honest, most of us don't even uh, show up on Satan's radar. Most of us are not dead to self enough and serving God enough that he even cares what we do. We also have the enemy of the world and the world system. Well, the world system hates God and tries to do everything it goes against. But, you know, you can avoid the world and the world system. Turn off the TV. Get off the internet. We know that they have a philosophy. You can guard yourself from that. That's an outside force. But the enemy that most of us struggle with that we don't even recognize as the enemy is our flesh which includes our emotions and our intellect. You know they can lie to you. And you can be deceived. Um, Let me give an example. Now, (laughs) I'm going to tread in some territory that I am not familiar with. But I've been told that let's say that there's a lady. This is why I say it's not familiar because I'm not a lady. But maybe ladies can, I've been told this enough. Have you ever been in a room and there was other ladies there? And at the end of it, you were convinced some lady hates you. And they didn't even talk to you at all. But you've come up with a reason. You just feel like they hate you. Is that a true thing? I've heard, you know, there's no evidence. They didn't come up to you and say, I hate you. But there was just some feeling that you had. There's no evidence to it or they're mad at you or they they're upset at you and they haven't said anything <coughs> you know your feelings can lie to you they can deceive you by the way men you have feelings too and your feelings can lie to you as well <coughs> you could come up with a thing you're just convinced that someone is out to get you and they haven't they don't, may not even know you exist your feelings can lie to you Your intellect can lie to you. I know that this is true with everything I know in here. And I don't care what you tell me. I know this is truth. Have you ever taken a stand like that? And then found out to be wrong? We have to be careful because we do that quite often. Just because it goes against something that we like or that we want... Then all of a sudden we arch our back back. and Listen here. I know what's true. And nothing you can say convinces me. I don't care if you show me from the Bible. I know what I like. I know. Our intellect can lie to us. Our emotions can lie to us. And that's our biggest enemy. That's what we fight against all the time. And most of the time we don't even recognize it's the enemy. But it is the spirit of error. And we have to line things up with the Bible. We have to line it up. We are sinners by nature. We've inherited this sin nature. And we're bent towards following the spirit of error. Maybe I'll give another example. Wake up in the morning. It's Sunday morning. And your bed's warm. <laughs> and it's nice. And you know that if you get outside the blanket, it's going to be cold and ah, well, you know, I'm not going to miss anything if I don't go to church. I could be here and I'll be fine. Your sin nature is lying to you. It's trying to tell you you're better off missing church, not reading your Bible, not praying. You fill in the blank. Our flesh can lie to us. By the way, it's convincing to us too. I don't know how many people that over the years someone said well I don't feel like reading my Bible and so because I don't feel like it I'm just not. And you know what happens? We allow our emotions to be our little g God. What do I mean by God? A God is anyone that we obey almost unconditionally that they say yes and we obey them. If our flesh says listen here. I need right now, even though you are running low in money, I am craving a cheeseburger. Go get me one now. And it will talk to us enough that we'll finally say yes sir or yes ma'am. And go do it, right? You could convince yourself, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't care what you say. I don't feel like it. Don't even try. Uh, maybe you're more spiritual than I, but I know I've had those things where the flesh tries to convince me and tries to lie to me and try to build a good case of why well I'll be fine if I don't and that's the enemy it lies it lies and part of dying to self this is big here part of dying to self is learning to tell your flesh no no you're a liar no No, I'm not going to listen to you. No, I'm not going to obey you. No, listen here, flesh. You obey me. I don't obey you. You have to learn to have that conversation to let your feelings know you're not the boss of me. That's a hard fight to fight. You're not the boss of me. You do what I tell you to do. I heard a preacher colorfully say it like this. He says, in our body we have intellect, will, and emotion. With our intellect, we think. With our emotion, we feel. With our will, we make a decision. And so what happens? It comes time to pray. This is the way he colorfully says it. And so his intellect says, we need to pray. Will, come with me and pray. And his emotions say, no, I don't want to. And Will says, but feelings doesn't want to go. But your intellect says, listen here. We're going to do it anyways. Feelings, we'd like for you to come with us. We don't want to leave you behind. But if you don't want to come, we can't make you. But Will and I, we're going to go pray. And so Will and, Will and intellect start praying. And after a while, you know what happens? Something nestles, nestles up behind them. Feelings decided to come and join in with it. Amen. <laughs> and we're thankful that they all joined with it. That's how we colorfully explained it. But what happened there? He didn't allow in, wi- uh, emotion To boss him around, he had to say, no, this is what we're going to do regardless of what you say. Now, again, that's a colorful way of trying to state there are times that you have to tell your flesh, no, your feelings, no, your intellect, no. Listen, this is what we need to do. You're lying to me. You're deceiving. You can't be trusted. And we have to be that. When you start to realize that even your intellect cannot be trusted, that perhaps it may be lying to you. Well, then you say, what do I depend upon? God. We'll get more into that second. But we have to understand we're in a war with a spirit of error. And when we talk about the spirit of error, we're not talking about here about outside forces. We're talking about the spirit of error that we have in us as a sin nature. Which brings me to the second thing, the indwelling of the spirit. Of truth. The indwelling of the Spirit of truth. Now as soon as you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit who is God comes to live with inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Notice back with me in the book of 1st John chapter 4. 1st John chapter 4 notice with me in verse number 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Notice this. (laughs) Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and that is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it shall come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us, we are now made one of his children. We are now re-gened, re-sequenced, made into a new creature. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. What's the them? The spirit of Antichrist, the spirit that was already in the world. Because greater is he, that's the Holy Spirit, that's in you than he that is of the world. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit live within us, this spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth is greater than all of those that are without, that is in the world, that is of the spirit of error. God has made us conquerors in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus Christ said in John chapter 14 and verse number 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man go to the Father but by me. We know that God is truth. Jesus is truth. And the world needs truth. Who is truth? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth is not a philosophical system. Truth is the person of Jesus Christ. If the person rejects the Christ of the Bible, no matter how intelligent he or she may claim to be, he will, as the Bible said, be ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus Christ is truth, but not just truth, the truth. Definite article there, the truth. This, this last week I was talking to a young lady who she uh, has tried different religions. Uh, last of all, uh, Buddhism and looking for enlightenment and stuff. And so, uh, But the one thing she doesn't have is hope. And she was telling me about, I just don't have hope. I just don't know here. Uh, Her Buddhism hasn't given her hope. And I said, well, you know, I would love to take the Bible and to show you from the Bible how you can have peace. She goes, I don't have this peace. Well, the Bible says that you can have peace. Well, you know, the problem I have is I've heard it all from Christians. I'm, her, her words, inoculated from Christianity. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement. By the way, that's the terminology I use too. That people who disobey the word of God, they become hardened enough and they become inoculated to it. So she used the same word I did. Okay, (laughs) cool. At least you recognize it. And she goes, listen here. I don't necessarily want to believe any type of thing that says that not all religions are right. I say all religions tell you how to get to heaven. And I'm fine if you're a Muslim, if you're Buddhist, or whatever else. They're all going to heaven. Well, they're not. And you know, they make us look like bad guys for saying that. But you understand that truth is a definite article. It is in a person. There is only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And Jesus Christ is the truth. He's the way to have peace. He is what people need. And by the way, this is exactly where the struggle is on who Jesus Christ is. We'll talk about this in just a second. But I was thinking about this poor lady who, who begging for peace, I want peace, I don't have peace, I don't have it in my life, I want to have peace. Can I show you how to have peace? Yeah, you might one day, but let me tell you, I don't already believe Christianity, just because it says that not everyone's going to go to heaven. Well, do you hear what you said? I said, let me show you how you can know for sure that you have peace. I want to show you how you can have peace, but you reject it because you would rather believe other errors that you don't even want to listen to the truth. What we have here is that people don't want the truth. They have been so uh, lied to by the spirit of error. But let me tell you, just as real as there is a spirit of error, there is a spirit of truth. There is a spirit of truth. And this is what people need more. By the way, they don't need philosophy. They need a person of Jesus Christ. They don't need a checklist. They don't need um, any of the other religious rituals. They need a person of Jesus Christ. And that person of Jesus Christ is real. We're not trying to sell them on a philosophy. I'm trying to make a big deal out of this because that's what they think. They have a philosophy, we have a philosophy, they have a philosophy, we have truth! And yet the world is so against absolute truth that they cannot stand the fact that Christianity says there is only one way to heaven and that is through the person of Jesus Christ. And it drives them nuts. Do you know that there is absolute truth? I mean, This is what we are dealing with in our world is this spirit of error that says there is no such truth. It's whatever I feel. It's whatever I want. It's whatever blah, blah, blah. We all deal with it. Half of us live with it. We listen to it all the time. People don't even know what's true anymore. <laughs> they say they go like science, but then science is based off truth, so they don't like that either. <laughs> this is the problem that we have, is that we're living in the spirit of error. But I'm trying to underline an emphasis. There is the spirit of truth. God is truth. The Holy Spirit who dwells in us is truth. Jesus Christ who allows us to be more than conquerors through our risen Lord. That greater is he that is within us than him that is in the world. The people need truth. And this is what we have to rely upon. Remember, we're not relying on our words. We're relying on him. On what God has given to us. As people figure that out, it's an amazing thing. It's not even my words, my thoughts. It's God's word is truth. That's what they need is God's truth. <coughs> not, not meaning it's a truth. It is the truth. This is what they need in a world out there. This is what we need to combat this. And we're thankful that we have the spirit of truth through the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to this last thing. The identification God requires. The identification God requires. Notice with me in chapter 4 and verse number 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Notice this as it says the Spirit of God because we know truth is of God. Hereby we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. So what are we talking about here? What we're talking about is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. What do they do with Jesus? You understand this is the big fight. Most people do not, are not offended if you talk about God. You can mention God you cannot mention jesus he is a divider he makes a difference it's all about what do they do with christ now in john's day what has happened is that there are three generations of christians have come and gone since jesus christ had walked the earth and ascended up to heaven and there was a false teaching called gnosticism that said that if jesus was god therefore he's a spirit Therefore, he could not have come in the flesh. He may have appeared like he was in the flesh, but he was really a spirit. And John's writing and saying, no, that's false truth. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. It wasn't one of the other. He was God. And so this is why it's talking about that anyone that denies that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. What they're doing is they're denying who Jesus is. Denying the God of the Bible. And let me tell you, every religious system has to answer this question, whether it's a Christian religious system or a um, excuse me or a secular, pagan Christian system, they all have to answer the question, "Who is Jesus?" May I give you a question? Or give you an example. Let's say that we're going to go talk to a Muslim man who actually knows a little bit about the Quran. And as we talk to him we say you know Jesus was real. He would go yes I know he's real. He spoke about in the Quran. Well what do you know about Jesus? Jesus was a great man. He was a mighty prophet. He did great miracles. And we can say amen. We agree with that. That's what it says. And you understand they can walk away saying look I know about Jesus. But you understand that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Because the Quran does not further it. it. By the way, in the Quran Jesus is perfect. Muhammad sinned, Jesus never sinned according to the Quran. He did great miracles. He's a great prophet. But the Quran does not step further to say that he is God. Let me tell you, he is God. And without that part of the truth they are denying the God of the Bible. They have a type of Jesus but it is not the Jesus of the Bible. So what we're seeing here is it lines up the battle is on who Jesus is. All right, let's go to a different one. Let's go to our Catholic friends. Our Catholic friends say that Jesus is of God. Good. They say that Jesus Christ died on the cross. But then they stop and say that was not enough. We have to do some other things to help Jesus Christ in order to go to heaven. They're denying the Jesus of the Bible. They have a Jesus, but it is not the Jesus of the Bible. When Jesus died on the cross, it was enough to pay for the sins of every man. We'll hear about that here in just a couple minutes. Jesus Christ was enough. He does not need our help in order to secure salvation. They've denied Jesus Christ. Remember the spirit of Antichrist. The anti is not talking about against Christ. It is replacing Christ this is the spirit of Antichrist, this is the spirit of error in the world, is that they're not flat out denying Christ, they're changing who Christ is. And they're changing him from the truth to error. This is why it's so important for us to teach doctrine. This is why it's so important to teach what the Bible says. Because even in my thoughts and opinions, whereas I may try to state a truth and it makes sense to me, someone may hear me and not catch it all because I was using my own words and come up with a different Jesus. Does that make sense? Um, I was just having this conversation about, uh, with another pastor the other day, that there are some... uh, pastors, heads of Christianity, notable people, that they may be fairly close to the Bible but it's their disciples that take it a little bit further because they take some teaching uh, of their, their teachers And they don't take it to the Bible. They take their interpretation and they twist it and run a little bit further. It happens all the time. This is why we must use the very words of scripture as much as possible. And teach what the Bible says and not my thoughts and my opinions. Not teach you what I think it means. Because there's so much of us as humans that like to hear only some parts and we don't catch all of it. And we twist it. We must tie people to the Bible and say, look for yourself. See what the Bible has to say. Because we have the spirit of truth. Understanding what the spirit of the world is, is that they want to change who Jesus is. Take the Jesus of Hollywood. There's not a single movie out there about Jesus that is correct. People say, but the passion of Christ. No, 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 no. You study that thing and there is Catholic doctrine lined all throughout That thing that just corrupts who Jesus Christ is. Good. Don't watch it again, but take my word for it. Or if you do want to watch it, I I can't stand that thing. I just start throwing things and whatever else. Just because the false doctrine that is underlain behind it that changes who Jesus Christ is. It has some elements of Jesus, but it twists it. Then you can go farther down the spectrum and watch Jesus Christ Superstar and watch it just blasphemy. You say, I don't know any of these. Then you're better off. Let me tell you, Hollywood has no clue who Jesus Christ is, but most people know things about Jesus because of those movies. You take the Jesus of the southern gospel music. and I like some southern gospel music, especially the older stuff, but you know what happens with southern gospel music? If you listen to 10 southern gospel songs in a row, 9 of them are going to be talking about heaven. And they start to give you a false view of who Jesus Christ is because that's how people learn doctrine is from songs. We'll talk more about that later on this year. They learn more more people will learn more about the Bible through its through songs than the worth of the Bible. This is why we must guard our music so much. Because music is such an easy way to teach and corrupt people in the spirit of Antichrist. What is the spirit of Antichrist? It's not against Christ. It is replacing who Christ is. Now, as I said, every religion, whether it's a Christian-based religion or a heathen religion, all have to answer the question, who is Jesus? For us, we just have to go back to the Jesus of the Bible. This is why we must learn about who Jesus is. Talk about this is why the book of Hebrews is so important to us, because we're learning quite a bit about who Jesus is that will answer a lot of these questions that a lot of people have to answer within their things. This is the identification that God requires. All basis of fellowship with other churches are based off of what do they do with Jesus? It's not their intentions. It's the doctrine of what do they do with Jesus Christ. We have to be careful with who we identify with as Christians. As a church. Who we decide to fellowship with. Maybe i give you an example. You had uh, Billy Graham who did great um, campaigns. And by the way, he preached the gospel. And he tried to be a help. But because he wanted to be all-inclusive... He allowed anyone who wanted to. To work the altars. So he preached a good message. They had altar workers. Whose job was to try to show people from the Bible. And show them who Jesus Christ was. And to clarify it. And unfortunately because he allowed everyone. He allowed Catholics. To work the altars. Can a Catholic who believes in a Catholic system. Show someone how they can know for sure. That Jesus is their savior through the Bible. No they can't. He had Mormons Preach on the stage with him. Do they have the same Jesus as we do? So here is someone that had the spirit of truth, but he surrounded himself with a spirit of error. Someone wrote a letter to uh, Billy Graham in his Decision magazine Mr. Billy Graham, I just came to know Christ as my Savior, and I used to go to a Catholic church. Where should I go now? And Billy Graham said, Go back to your Catholic church. You understand? (laughs) There are some people who have developed the spirit of error and whereas he himself was correct on a lot of things, the influence that he had led more people into error and confusion. This is the spirit that's in the world. This is why we have to guard ourselves and we have to know more about Jesus from the Bible. And use the very words of Scripture to study these things for ourselves because this is where the fight is at. What do you do with Jesus? As for us, <laughs> we're just determined to stay more into the Bible. Let's use the very words of Scripture. Let's explain Bible doctrine through the Bible and try to be a help. Point to more about who Jesus is. We ourselves use the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. By the way, the Holy Spirit who lives within us. One of the things that he does, notice with me in verse 6. We are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We can know what's right and what's wrong. Part of what the Holy Spirit inside of us does is that the Holy Spirit, when we're, let's say that you turn the channel to TBN or Trinity or whatever else, and you watch one of those uh, <laughs> folks up there trying to teach the Word of God, the Holy Spirit can say, you know what, there's something not quite right about that. You may not have a chapter and verse. You may not be able to put your thumb on it, but the Holy Spirit says, there's something not right about that. There's something off about that. I don't know what, it is, something wrong. At the same time, the Holy Spirit can also back up a message. So if I'm preaching and the, preaching the Word of God and I'm thundering tr- forth the truth, the Spirit, Holy Spirit live inside of you could back it up and say, that's right, that's true, that's true. This is the Spirit that we have in us. We don't have to depend upon ourselves. We have the witness of God who could work with us. This is why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our teacher. We're trusting God to lead us into truth and that he could filter things. That's true. That's true. That's wrong. That's wrong. We need to be depending upon the Holy Spirit, trusting God to give us the spirit of truth and to identify the spirit of error because it is prevalent. It is all throughout the world and that we have to try the spirits. That means when we have a Christian song, does this teach correctly about who Jesus Christ, What are they teaching about Jesus Christ? It's amazing how much music has so much fluff and very little truth in it. In fact, when I taught high school, I would always have the kids who would say, Listen here! What about this song? I said, Why don't you take that song? And there's ways to do it. Take all the music off and just listen to the singer saying the words and see if you enjoy it just as much. Well, if it's truth, then the words is what speaks to you, and not the melody or the harmony behind it. This is why we could sing our hymns a cappella without the music. We're singing it out because the words are truth and they're telling us about Christ. You understand, (coughs) when you listen to a preacher, and we should try the spirits, you should be able to say, my preacher's preaching the Bible. I followed along with it. And we have to be careful because not everyone's going to tell us the truth. We have to be careful. Judge it with what how do they treat Jesus? That's what we're listening for. What do they do with Jesus? Well, I've extended a little bit further. Let's go ahead and let's pray.